Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Joining me right now is UFC veteran and two-time URCC champion, also known as the busiest man in Asia or the busiest fighter in Asia, Will the Kill Chope. What's going on, Will? What's up, brother? Man, it's good to be here. My show, Kumite Radio, actually started with you. You were the first person I have ever interviewed on camera. Do you remember that day in the hotel? Yeah. That was, was that the first time? No, nah, I can't first be the first time. time. I yeah, you're already a pro. <laughs> uh, that's cool, though. It is oh, cool. No man. wonder. Like, you'll always be <laughs> yeah, part that's... of this show, man. I feel the love. <laughs> <laughs> you always show, you always show oh, love for me, man. Like, so, you know, I got I to gotta return that love. Now, let's Appreciate get into that. it. You are going to fight soon at RFC Web the Dragon 2 in Taiwan. But before we get into all of that stuff, I want to talk about your boxing match that you just recently had. And you defeated or you TKO'd a WBF world champion in the Philippines in his home turf. I want to ask you, how huge was that opportunity? What does it mean for you to get a victory like that? Oh, no, it was, it was really awesome. And what, what's crazy is because this whole combat sports world in Asia is so small. And I used to train in Shanghai with these two Filipino boxers. Um, they were kind of like my coaches in, uh, in Shanghai. And they're from Cebu. And my opponent, Don Don, he trains in Cebu. And they used to train together. And what was crazy is they're like, oh, they were sending me, like, warnings, basically. Like, bro, yo, Don Don's a really good boxer. Like, like <laughs> basically trying to say, like, hey, Will, I don't know if you're ready for this. You know, like, they were, they were saying that in, like, the most polite way. And uh, and then I was trying to get, like, some tips from them or try to get some information. Like, hey, what, you know, and, and give it to me. Like, they're closer to him than they were to me, you know. And I understand that. Like, I'm not mad at them for that. But, fuck, they were, like, psyching me out, man. They were, like, really psyching me out. And I was, like, shit, I'm fighting. Like, he must be good. Like, if uh, this guy named Omans and Marjo, if these two guys, these, they're saying he's good. He's really good. And, and, uh, and then I met him at Wayne's. I met him at Wayne's. And he's super confident. And he's, like, uh, brother. And he's, like, uh, make sure you put on a good show tomorrow. Let's put on a good show tomorrow. Like, like <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's going to think he's just going to knock me out in one round or something. I don't know. Like, uh, so I was really nervous. I was really – I was man, I felt like I was my first few fights again. Like, I was, I was shaking in the backstage, and I was, uh, yeah, super scared. I was like, man. And uh, also, the, it was a, just a small province show. And it was sponsored by the government. Like, so um, it was actually, like, they didn't really advertise. It was actually not a huge show. It was only, like, maybe 200 people there. But still, like, it's going to go on BoxRec, which is, you know, like the share dog of boxing, you know? So I'm like, uh, yeah, I was, like, super nervous. But, um, but yeah, and, like, I got in there the first round. And at first, I thought it was just a filling me out. And then this landed a good body shot. And then the second round, uh, yeah, I could see him already starting to gas and fade. And then 
he he kept he kept gassing and fading and we had a lot of clinch it was a it was an ugly fight though i'm like i'm not gonna lie like it's funny i'm using like muay thai clinch <laughs> while i'm boxing and uh, and then um yeah at the end of the fourth round he he just yeah he they just uh they just he kind of quit he didn't come out for the fifth round so yeah it was good <laughs> definitely definitely a good win for you you know on yeah. your record on your combat sports resume before you got to the Philippines, before you got into that boxing uh, match, you were in China, you were coaching, you were preparing many of the up-and-coming fighters for their fights. How is the talent developing over in that country? Man, it, it's, I will say it's getting really good because they got, like, okay, I'll just use Tianjin Top Team for an example just because I was there. Um, man, they brought me as a coach, and they have two Brazilians coaching there as well, like two, like, legit, really awesome black belts that were there there. And uh, they got a couple, um, a couple ties there as well. So the gyms have the money to like, and the resources to bring in like talent to build their guys up. And uh, so, so in that regard, like, man, and the, the Chinese athletes, man, like, you get, like the actual athletes, the ones that have been training since they're kids and stuff, or been like groomed for it, so to speak. Like, um, like the for the three fighters at Tianjin Top Team, for example, those guys, those kids actually been wrestling since they're like seven, eight years old and they've been, and they're young. They're only 21, 22 years old. And uh, yeah, they're really talented, super athletic, super, super, like they're super athletes. And even what they, what they lack, like in technical, like jujitsu skill or maybe the technical striking, like they really make up with their athleticism. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, they're definitely like, they're definitely like, cause China is such a huge population, 1.4 billion, but these guys are definitely special amongst such a huge population, you know? really like the talent if you're really talented in china like you got to be super talented because they're competing with so many people you know what i mean and uh so the guys that do shine like they are like legit uh so yeah i know that's the only way i can kind of phrase it so to speak but yeah they're they're good man they're good you have been focusing on coaching a lot it seems like for the past year because you have been busy but not as busy as you usually are around the region Nah, um, so I just kind of like, I don't know, since last year, I was in Australia for about four and a half months last year. And in January, I got the coaching job in China and I was just really focused on making money. It's kind of like, I guess the pressure of just having the second kid because my daughter's just starting to go to like school, like little preschool now and stuff. So it's a, it's yeah, family pressures. I just need to make like steady money. And, and also I had a lot of, I did have a lot of fights booked in be, in between like while I'm coaching, but a lot of shit just happened where it got canceled or opponents pulled out or rescheduled or just had like a lot of really bad luck within like a six to eight month period. And I must have had like five fights either get rescheduled or canceled. And it was driving me nuts. Cause th- you know, that's not me. I fought one time in eight months. That's like, that's not, that's definitely not who I am. And then, um, yeah, but luckily since the beginning of this year, I ha- I've had a K1 fight and I've only had a I've only had one K1 fight and one boxing fight. And July 7th is going to be my third fight. That seems like pretty normal for most people. But like, you know me, bro, like I'm fighting every month or twice a month and it's kind of driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> but luckily, uh, that should, that's all about to change now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of take, I'm taking a step back coaching. My, my financial situation's all right. I saved some money. And so... Um, yeah, July 7th, I have my MMA fight. It's going to be my 100th fight in combat sports. So that's kind of my own milestone. And then uh, July 29th, I have a K1 fight in China. And then August, I'm supposed to fight for the URCC against this Filipino-Australian dude. He's from Australian top team. So, uh, 
you you know Suman and Ashkan and stuff, so he he trains with them and stuff. So um, so yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. They got I got like I got a bunch of fights lined up. I was talking to John Nutt about fighting in Full Metal Dojo on September first. So if that all works out, that's four fights all back to back, and that's that's the way I like it. You know. Let's talk about your <laughs> next fight coming up. RFC Way of the Dragon 2, like you mentioned, is going to be your 100th fight. This was the goal all along when you first started. Did it come faster than you expected? Well, yeah. Ah, uh, man. Like, it was weird because, okay, my, uh, this is kind of nostalgia for me because I just checked my Facebook memories. Literally eight years ago to this day, I just had my first professional Muay Thai fight. And in, in, uh, that was when I first went to because I first went to Tiger Muay Thai in 2010, and uh, and I had an amateur fight in the barbecue beatdown on uh, June 26, 2010. That was my first amateur, my first fight. And then three days later, or four days later, I had my first pro Muay Thai fight uh, in Bangla Stadium, one of the stadiums. And so that was literally eight eight years ago, and I'm about to have my hundredth fight in eight years. Uh, so for I think that's pretty like, – I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm patting myself on the back. I'm like, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Like, I don't think the ties fight as often as that. Like, they have they, – they get hundreds – maybe – I can't say this too much shit. Ties do fight pretty often. But I'm like, do they have 100 fights in eight years? I'm trying to, like, do the math. Or does it take them – I think it takes them more than 10 years, you know, to get 100 fights or something. Like, I keep telling myself that. So, but I don't know. <laughs> I might, my biggest thing, what I actually really wanted was 100 MMA fights or over 100 MMA fights. So, like, this is definitely a milestone because it's boxing, Muay Thai, K1, and MMA combined. But my next milestone would be 100 MMA fights after this. Like, because um, July 7th will be my 51st professional MMA fight. But, yeah, 100 combat. So, yeah. While you're getting to that <laughs> next milestone of 100 MMA fights, you could probably have another milestone, which is uh, 200 total fights. Is that in your mind? <laughs> no, that's probably going to end up happening. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, and lately, since that, since that boxing match as well here in the Philippines, I've had a lot of meetings with promoters here in Manila. That's kind of one of the big reasons, too. I've stated um this one uh, actual lady, uh, her, um, She's Manny Pacquiao's secretary, but she also has, owns a gym, and she's also an organizer. So I, as she's coming to the gym today, she'll be here in a few hours, and I have to uh, spar in front of her and do some pad work and stuff um, just to be like, hey, <laughs> give me a fight, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm still here out here grinding, look for boxing matches as well. So um, like I mentioned, those four fights that I'm going to have, MMA and, uh, and the kickboxing fights, but I'm also um, – I'm hopefully going to add a few boxing fights in between as well. And if I really get on the boxing circuit, because it's weird for MMA, kickboxing and Muay Thai, it's pretty easy to get fights in Asia, um, or at least I think it's easy. But the boxing like, community is more like closed. You really have to have like somebody bring you into it, um, or you have to know the right manager or promoter or something. So like, I'm trying to make those contacts here in the Philippines and, and kind of get that doorway into this boxing world here in Asia because it's a little bit more closed off than the MMA world. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it seems like it's going to be good and promising so, so far. So, yeah. Sounds great, man. What are some major changes you make to your training when you take a MMA fight compared to a K1 or kickboxing or Muay Thai? Um, I guess it's weird because I don't consider myself like a pure Muay Thai fighter or like um, – or like even when people ask me what's my style in MMA, I definitely 
So when I do have an MMA fight, I'm doing a lot more like standing up grappling. Like I do a lot of clinching, like, but an MMA style clinching or clinching on the cage. And like, it's funny cause I'm so tall, but I'm just too much of a pussy to take the risk to fight with him, <laughs> to strike. I mean, to strike with the MMA gloves on cause it's so easy to get your back. I've been knocked out. So literally I feel like I have a good chin when it's K1 or when it's boxing. I've taken some nasty hits from some guys and I'm completely fine when it's boxing gloves. But man, I've watched replays. This one fight I got knocked out. I watched the replay and it looked like I got tapped and I didn't even, I don't remember it. And I'm just like, what? I mean, the MMA gloves, it's, I don't know, it's something different. When you get hit, the lights just come off so much easier than when it is with boxing gloves. And so, <laughs> so when I fight MMA, like, even though I'm so tall, I'm just looking to clinch and close the distance. And, and, um, so yeah, when I'm training for MMA fight, I do a lot, like a lot of MMA style clinching and cage work or, um, like working against the cage as well and closing the distance. And, um, which is people are like, Oh, you're six, four, you're stupid. Like, Hey, use your reach, you know, God given talents, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, because I'm so tall too. I feel like I have an advantage in the clinch as well. So uh, I don't know. But when I'm boxing, of course, I'm just – it's its weird when I'm training for a boxing match. It's so simple. I just have to focus on pad work, bad work, sparring, and running. Uh, but with MMA, I got to worry about takedown defense, and I got to worry about clinching, and I got to worry about my striking and Muay Thai, and just so many, so much shit to think about. And <laughs> MMA is frustrating in that regard, you know, because, like, if I spend one session doing one thing, it, must, it means I'm missing out on something else, you know, and it, it's, it's hard to find that balance sometimes. Your opponent – has changed the last in the last minute. It was Mario Shembri, but he's out now. You're gonna face Bilal Williams at RFC two. Do late changes have an effect on you? I don't think it does because you fought so many times and you you have so many fights lined up. It doesn't really matter to you, does it? No, it didn't matter. The only thing I was worried about because me and Mario Shembri were doing a catchweight at 160 pounds, um, and actually. Uh, supposedly they said Mario can actually make 155 now. And they asked me if I'd be willing to go to 155. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't want to cut, cut the extra five pounds. I was like, we already agreed at 160. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, I, and then I, uh, actually I was trying to get at 165 because I'm just like, man, one thing about these 100 fights, like I love fighting, but I hate, hate cutting weight. And my tolerance for spending time in a sauna or hot bath, has definitely diminished over these years. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, you know, like I used to spend hours in the sauna to get down to featherweight, you know. But these days, oh, I spend like ten minutes, and I'm like, yep, I'm done. Don't want to do this shit, you know. Like, it's like I don't have, I don't know. Like, I'm just I'm over that whole weight cutting shit, and 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 so it's, I'm kind of at a disadvantage now because I'm fighting at like my natural weight more often. I'm doing these catch weights. I only, I'm like, okay, I'll cut weight. I'll cut five pounds, you know. But anyways, um. So they give me this opponent, Bilal Williams, and they ask me if I'll do it at 170. And I'm a little worried because his last fight was at 170, but his fight, he had a fight before that last year. He was fighting at 185, and I'm like, oh, dude, this guy's actually like a – he's a big boy. He's 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, six, I know I'm 6'4", but everybody you know you see me. I'm skinny as – super skinny. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's like a legit middleweight, legit <laughs> – but – uh. But I don't know, we came to agreement that if I he'll come to 165. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll have to cut a little bit of weight and maybe he'll be a little bit bigger than me, but uh should be all right. Should be okay. <laughs> how do you uh, see this uh yeah. how do you see this fight playing out? 
Um, yeah, me covering up, not getting knocked out, and trying to clinch them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna make this fight as boring as possible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not want to strike with this guy. He is way too big, and I've watched a couple of his fights. And he seems a little bit wild, but he's he is not scared to come forward and be aggressive. So, and I, that is not what I want. I don't want like a another. I'm always. I don't want this big, huge dude. Swinging at me, charging me across the cage. <laughs> yeah, you've had, a, you've had a lot of history in Taiwan. You've fought there many times. How does it feel to go back and uh, fight for them again? Oh yeah. So, so yeah, talking about that nostalgia, how I had the like the one year. Like, I mean, the 2010. Um, how I got like uh, eight years ago. I mean, sorry, eight years ago, I had my first amateur MMA fight at the Tiger Down, and then I had my first pro Muay Thai fight but my actual first pro MMA fight was August 1st 2010 and it was in Taiwan for pro FC so it's it's pretty awesome right now that I'm thinking like I'm like one of these weird nostalgia dudes uh um yeah my 100 pro combat sports is going to be like kind of where my MMA career started so like my yeah literally I had my first pro fight in Taiwan I must I fought there like eight times nine times I had some Sanda fights there as well um so yeah, it's awesome to go back. I even lived there for a little bit. Um, my friend uh, Florian Garel, he fought for one championship. He's the um, me and him are actually like the co-founders of Taiwan Top Team. And he's but he like I, I left Taiwan, I went back to Thailand, but he still runs Taiwan Top Team, and he has his uh, Zendo Kai Karate, has a huge kids program, and he still does like MMA and Tai Chung. So it's great to see my friend Florian again, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna be like co-representing. Muma Gym, which is the gym here in uh, the Philippines, and also Taiwan Top Team. So, yeah, it's I don't know, it's good to go back. Man. Taiwan is a Taiwan's a special place for me. So, yeah. Seriously, you you are deep rooted in many countries around Asia, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it is cool to see you start your career in Taiwan and then have your hundredth fight back in Taiwan. But it's a different promotion. Yeah. It's like part two of Pro FC. This promotion that they yeah. Well, just like martial, uh, for some people who don't know, like martial combat back in the old days, that was like the the, the the foundation for one championship. And so kind of pro of seeing away, it's kind of, it was kind of like the foundation. And now Jeff and Kemp Chang, um, Jeff Wong and, Je and Kemp Chang are kind of building up, build upon what's what like what pro of C left behind. And now they're starting the RFC and they're having a big stadiums. And yeah, I hope it's good. I hope the crowd, you know, one thing about Taiwanese though, is, um, they're not, it's like they're not huge into sports so but if it's popular and if there's enough like people being like there's enough people like rocky lee's a part of it and jeff's a part of it so i'm hoping like with between those two they can get a big crowd going so um yeah just so I, I would like to see more taiwanese support the sport but um but yeah we'll, so we'll, we'll see about that um but yeah it should be good it should be good i'm glad that you're gonna get back in there and start rolling out some more mma fights it's uh it's good to see you back man yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, man. Thanks for your time. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk before your fight in August. All right, sweet. Yeah, and I'll update you when uh, when John Nutt calls me back at uh, FND as well. So I'll give you some updates about that once I hear about it. <laughs> for sure.